The great irony of life is this. We all want a life we love and more time with the ones we love. But our job, the very thing that's supposed to be the financial vehicle to provide that freedom, is the very thing that chains us down. Do you think you have what it takes to rise above yourself? Are you ready to start transforming your dreams into reality? If so, I'm Cody Teal. Welcome to the Finding Freedom Podcast, a tribe of dreamers and doers, rebels and fighters that are here to prove to the world you can have your cake and eat it too. All right, welcome to the Finding Freedom Podcast. Have Michael Copeland on here. I don't, I don't know, like, there's a lot of people in solar we hear about all the time, but there's a lot of people behind the scenes that are like crushing it, especially in really unique spaces. And Michael's one of those people. And so that's why I wanted to reach out to him and just talk with him, give his, get his perspective so you guys can see what he's doing, not only on the residential side, where most of us focus on, but also on the nonprofit. Michael, welcome to the podcast. For those of you, for people that don't know you or haven't heard of you, kind of give us a little, little bio. Yeah, well, thanks, Cody, for having me. Um, yeah, so Michael and... You know, I started out in solar back in 2013. Um, I actually grew up working in a catering business for the, for my family's catering business back in Utah, um, starting in 1995. So I was eight years old with my food handlers permit, um, you know, scrubbing dishes and, and doing things while kids were at school. I was actually working. Um, and I didn't go back to, you know, from, from eight to about 14 was when I got put back into public school system. So I basically went from, uh, I think I, I went from third grade to seventh grade. Uh, <laughs> and, and, you know, in that time I was just working in the catering business, you know, full time. Um, so yeah, I was growing up in that and, uh, I was like, man, I do not want to do this the rest of my life. I did not want to be serving food. And, you know, it wasn't until after a buddy of mine, um, you know, a couple years after high school that he was selling you know, alarms with, with Vivint. Um, he's like, Hey, you should come try it out with actually, I think I approached him at that point and said, Hey, like I, I got to get out of here. <laughs> and, uh, Where, well, what town was this at? You talk, I mean, I think there's a lot of people listening to this that know Utah pretty well. Where was this at? Yeah. So I grew up <clears throat> in, uh, Tooele, Utah. Tooele. Okay. Okay. So <clears throat> yeah, it doesn't matter. All right, cool. Yeah, so I grew up in Tooele. Um, actually, so at, right out of high school, I went and I was on the football team at University of Utah. Um, I was only there for a year. I, I just wanted to leave Utah and uh, ended up on the team at Florida State. Um, coincidentally, right after I leave Utah, they win the Sugar Bowl um, the, the next year. That was against and, Alabama? Yeah, yeah. And then, <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, so I, I was not on the team at that time. I was um it, it's up but that was like oh man it could have you know that could have been could have been at least on the sidelines right um and then uh i go to florida state and i leave there and like the following year they win the national championship so like you gotta be kidding me and i left you know partly just due to finances um you know i, I was supposed to be getting in-state tuition at florida state and and uh I was having to pay out of state and we just you couldn't really didn't want to rack up that many student loans. So I came back to Utah, started working back for the family business at the catering again, which I didn't want to be doing. And, uh, you know, watching all this stuff happen. I mean, meanwhile, my friend, you know, he's working in the summers and he's taking the rest of the year off, um, you know, by just selling security over the, over the summer. And so I said, Hey, I want to go ahead and try it. Like I got to do something. 
And, uh, and so we did, we went to Grand Junction, Colorado, just for a weekend. And I made more in that weekend than I did, you know, making the $12 an hour that my parents were paying me, <laughs> um, you know, over the last two months, I made more in that one weekend. So that was, that was a pivotal moment for sure, jumping into the sales career and, and solar was something that I had my, had my mind on. Um, even in that first trip doing the alarms, I knew that I was wanting to do solar and that was going to be my, my entry point. Cool. So let me reel back here a bit. So you, you, I'm sure like everybody, cause this is one thing I've been thinking about a lot, probably, probably has listened to a lot of Gary Vee, but that relationship with your parents, cause I sounds like you were really like your family is really close. They run a business together. And I, I grew up in a family business doing archery. So I understand the dynamics there can be a little complicated. What was it like telling your parents like, Hey, I'm going to go knock doors and not do the catering business. Was that, were they cool with that? Was that pretty, were there, was this friction there or what, what was that like? Oh man, <laughs> family <laughs> business. It's uh, you know, it, it's one of the things I'm most thankful for having grown up in that experience, but growing up in it at the time, you know, sometimes you're more thankful for things in hindsight. Yeah. Um, that was a moment when they, when they finally said, okay, like we understand. Um, it was, it was actually really interesting. And part of it, you know, the year prior, my mom was actually burnt out from, from doing catering. Okay. And she had a similar passion of, she wanted to teach and she wanted to help people. Huh. And, uh, you know, she became, and the catering business was just, you know, just wearing her down. Um, so she actually, like, I wanted to leave the catering business at several points in my life. Um, she said, I need you to just stick in there. And, you know, another big Utah name is doTERRA, you know, the essential oils. Yep. So my mom leaves and does doTERRA. Um, you know, she, she kind of put the catering business on hold, left to my brother and I to, to run, you know, me just mostly assisting my brother, who's really the, the brains behind it now runs it um but she did she left for doing doTERRA and now she's she's uh making six figures in doTERRA has like i think twenty thousand people under her wow. um on their team she made, it and, work. Uh, she, she made doTERRA work she did yeah so so she's actually they now live in florida they have a huge team out there and like she's got people all over the world um huh. on her team and you know she's you know monthly checks like twenty to thirty thousand dollars something crazy just doing essential oils. Um, so, so when, so, so I gave her that extra year, she's like, I just need you to work one more year. And, uh, so, so when I said, Hey, like, I'm ready, I like, I really need to, to do this. She's, you know, she's actually pretty understanding. And so she's like, yeah, like, I, I get it. So, so I did it and, and, uh, you know, still helped out the catering business over the busy holiday season. But then by the time uh, spring rolled around for leaving for the summer, we left for Memphis and, we sold alarms there for the summer before I jumped into solar. Okay, so then you, you sold alarms, crushed it, and then you went to solar, and we were talking before, and you started in Jersey, and that was the breeding ground for a very, like, if you look back, and a lot of people can trace their roots back to Jersey solar, um, whether yeah. you started there, but, or someone that started there trained you, like, my trainers started in Jersey, and so that's kind of a, and you were, you were there at the forefront. What was that like getting started with solar really early on, knocking doors, selling or PPAs probably, I'm guessing, right? Yeah. Yep. Selling a PPA because I, you know, it was the best thing ever, you yeah. know, that's at least that's what I knew. That's what I was told. Um, 
didn't question it that much. <laughs> I had homeowners that were like, Hey, so I got this other quote and I think I should go this route. I'm like, why, <laughs> why would you, why would you own your system? Um, but no, it was, it was definitely a good start. So, you know, my, my buddy, Jason Clark, uh, he's the one that, you know, he, he actually got me to doing the alarms in Memphis. And before the summer was over, he went ahead and shifted and was doing solar in New Jersey. I was like, Hey, you know, what, what the heck? Like, that's what I'm trying to do too. Like they're leaving me. And, uh, so I, I followed him and, um, right after my commitment for the summer was over on the alarms and, uh, joined, uh, Nick Hansen and Corey Torgensen in South Jersey. And, uh, South Jersey was, was actually really good, you know, pretty, pretty good sized systems. You know, I made more, you know, I, I talked about making more in one weekend with the, just doing alarms in Grand Junction. I sold, you know, five deals in a, in a weekend and I made more in two months than I did at the catering business. Well, in two weeks, uh, in South Jersey, my first two weeks selling solar, you know, I made more than I did in like the whole, you know, six month period. You know, I was on track in one month to do more than I did in a year at the catering business, which was just like mind blowing at the time. And I was just thinking like, I wish other people knew about this. And, uh, but yeah, it was a great experience. Um, so yeah, yeah, it was, you know, South Jersey roots. Dang, man. Um, now again, we don't want to go, like we can go into a lot of detail, but we're going to fast forward a bit. And now you went, you went, you went to Vegas, you left Vegas. Now you're in Virginia. What, yeah. what, what are you doing now? What's <clears> like the, what's the 411 on that? 311, whatever you want to call it. Whatever you want to call it. Yeah. So, so I left, left uh, Jersey, went to Vegas then went to Utah, um, you know, back, back to the family business for a brief time. Um, met my now wife and uh, so we got married, you know, two years ago, um, in May and shortly after we got married, um, you know, the, the church I actually got married in in Utah had solar panels on it. And the buddy of mine, who's the one that helped make that happen was telling me about what he was doing. And I was like, Hey, I gotta be part of that. And the whole goal was to, to look at nonprofits. Um, you know, nonprofits are the ones that I think are the most, um, most, they have the most challenges with, with rising inflation. Um, you know, giving dollars seem to be decreasing more and more because people's, you know, general available spending is becoming less because, you know, just inflation for everyone and nonprofits are getting hit the most, you know, and they're trying to do a good, good thing in the world. And so we're looking at, well, what can we do? And knowing that the energy space, you know, the electric rates are increasing. Well, if we can, you know, reduce the rates that they're paying, um, you know, let's, let's try doing something there. And so that uh, brought me to moving out to, to Virginia um, because of the Washington DC market with what the incentives were there as a, as a starting point. So we're like, okay, let's start in DC because of the asterisks there. And uh, let's see what we can do there. And then we can expand it beyond, beyond DC. And so, you know, over the last couple of years, um, you know, about a dozen projects later, um, you know, we got, uh, we're probably looking at $5 million worth of electrical savings, um, on the solar space. Um, and then there's energy brokering. I don't know if you've heard of like the deregulated energy markets. Uh, so I just recently inked a deal that's going to save just in three years, it's going to save one organization, $200,000 a year. So they're going to save $600,000 just by switching to a different electric supply. So there's some really cool things that can be done. Um, and so we've been really happy with, with what we can do there and saving people money. 
cool. And then you don't just do nonprofits, which is, that's good, but you also do residential as well. Tell us a little bit about your residential stuff. Yeah, so to go inside with, to coincide with the nonprofit space, I knew that there's gonna be you know, a host of referrals that could come from those projects. As we highlight those projects, we're gonna have you know, the parishioners of those you know, churches um, or the other nonprofits um, that you know, they, have, they have that tribe, they have the people that um, look at them as an organization, you know, the donors that are, are you know, supporting them. And, and it's just one more way of saying, hey, you can support this nonprofit and you can save money um, by going solar. And so that's kind of some initiatives that we're working on. Um, so I needed to make sure I aligned myself with a good group to, to make that happen and, and maximize the benefits as, as, you know, nonprofits that are here in DC might have, you know, people that support them that are outside of the, the district or the state, you know? Um, so how can we, how we can do, do that? So, um, did a lot of research and then I got connected with Alan Jahami, who's the owner of SoCal Solar Brokers, um, where they have a brokerage of multiple installers in Southern California. And um, it expanded beyond that. And so they decided, well, let's, let's have Sun Nerds, is what we'll call it, as a national um, arm of SoCal Solar Brokers. And so we have about, you know, we're in over 30 states and we got, you know, tons of installers in our network. And so that's something that I've been able to really take advantage of over the last, uh, over the last year um, to be able to help people look at solar options, save money, and, and uh, at the same time, you know, protect the sales rep from non-compete clauses and, and some other nuances and contracts that we may have all seen in the past. Yeah, well, and that's, that's one thing I want to dive into because you've been in solar for way longer than probably 90% of sales reps. And what I noticed, what I've gone through in the industry, not only have I noticed, I've gone through is that it's a solar coaster. There's a lot of ups and downs and sometimes, sometimes things just side swipe you. Like when you're in Nevada, it was a net metering thing. Like you had zero control over that. And it just like, you know, blindsided you on this. And for a lot of people, after a few blindside hits, you're like, I'm done with this game. I'm out, you know? So how, what, like, how have you been able to get through those ups and downs and still stick in it? Because it's not easy to do that. And it's very rare to find someone that's been in solar as long as you have. Yeah. Well, and I got to say, like, <clears throat> I guess there's a level of resilience that you just got to have in knowing what, what are you trying to accomplish? But like, I, I mean, I had a, a few deals that, you know, in the nonprofit space, you can take two years to work on a deal. I'm still working on some, some folks that I'm trying to help out. And, uh, you know, I had a, I had a group that said, Hey, we want to do this with, you know, two year conversation and they're finally ready to move forward. And then we do a structural review and it's an old building and it doesn't pass the structural review. So now after two years, you know, trying to work this through, they're not going to be able to go forward. And that was kind of a crushing blow. But what's worse than that is when you're working with the deal and, you know, two years and like, Hey, thank you so much for your help. We're going to go with this other group, you know? And, and so it, it, it's definitely a tough thing, right? And in, in the, in the commercial business, the nonprofit side, residential, it's a little bit less. It doesn't hit you as hard because you don't, you know, your relationship's not as long typically, you know, it, it's never feels good to be like, Hey, we went with another route. Um, but we can take, take the opportunity to learn from those. But as far as like saying, 
how you do deal with it, it still hits me. You know, I, I, I hate rejection. You know, I like to, I like to help people. And when they don't want my help or they go a different route, then it still hits, but you just got to push through it. I don't really know if there's anybody that's like, yeah, I'm good. Like, like, Oh, that was yeah, great. But, yeah. No, nobody's like bring it up <laughs> the rejection, but most people like after a few hit, they're done. They're just like, I'm done. It's so, like, is it just, you're committed to that vision that you had when you were like, I wanted to get in the solar or is there like something else you're striving towards? You're like, I'm going to get through this. Or, and, and maybe it's for, for me, give you a little insights is the freedom and the flexibility, right? Like yeah. the nine to five thing scares me that bad that I don't, I like, I can't handle it, you know? And so even though the rejection sucks, the nine to five is worse. And so I'm willing to deal with the rejection, but I, and it could be different from you. I'm just trying to like, so other people can, can see like, Oh, they use that to get through that rejection through that pain. I can do that too. Yeah. You know, I think you kind of hit it there, that nine to five. Right. And, and what's that saying? Like we'd rather, rather work 10 hour days to avoid the eight hour days. Like I'd rather work or 16 hour days. You know, I think back to maybe just my time in the catering business, you know, the holiday season where I would work 16 to 20 hours a day. Um, in fact, I had, this doesn't, I guess it's not even possible to say. So I, I worked a 36 hour shift. So I can't say I worked 36 hours in one day as that doesn't compute, but I worked a 36 hour shift um, at the catering business. And I think I just go back to that. And it's like as worse, as bad as this is, it's nothing compared to that, you know? And um, again, like I'm thankful for the experience, you know, it, it taught me a lot, but, but yeah, I mean, it, it's just, there's some tough things that, and, and losing out on a big sale or making a big sale, but then it is disqualified. Like it's a bummer, but there's always going to be another one. You know, it's, it's not where it ends, you know, you just got to keep pushing through. But just remember like what was life like 10 years ago? Um, what were you doing previous to solar? Like once, once you really see the, the opportunity and you have some wins, like those wins are just so much bigger than all the losses. Yeah. I, I think that's true is you gotta, so many times we focus on, on winning. I mean, I, you went to some very successful football programs and literally if they don't win, like those coaches are out. And so, but in, in sales, I think we have to remember that even if our winning percentage is lower than our losing percentage, it still makes up for it in the end. Like I probably, if I look at my losses, my losses are always bigger than my wins in, in this game. But the difference is, is I still make a ton of money. As long as I have a 20% win record or 30% win record, you're good. You yeah. know, but, but because that, that winning culture is so ingrained in us, we think, Oh, we're a failure because we don't win most of the time. And I feel that, you know, uh, but it's, it's good to see that you've been able to transition and, and still focus on, on those wins. Anything else you want to add on that? Or I was going to say, like, even if you win 1% of the time, if it goes from, you know, if you're making 10 to $12 an hour prior to getting into this kind of career, shoot, you don't even have to win 20% of the time. You just win 1% of the time. Yeah. Um, you know, it suck a little more, <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, that's, you know, you can just work on how do I increase that 1% to 2% and then 3% and, you know, eventually you can close 20 to 30% of the deals. I mean, you're, you're going to be making, you know, six figures probably in the, you felt possibly in the two to 300,000 range, yeah. um, you know, pretty easily. Yeah. So 
with Sun Nerds and it sounds like your nonprofit too, you work a lot remotely. If, if I'm, am, am I correct in that assessment? Yeah. So how, how do you manage that? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been interesting. Um, yeah, I, I just kind of forced myself to, to, to train myself to close deals virtually, um, more on the residential side. Um, there is something about nonprofits where you do have to lay the groundwork and, you know, so I did a lot of phone calls, emails, but then the in-persons were, you know, definitely valuable to meet face-to-face. Um, but really if I don't have an appointment scheduled for the face-to-face, then I'm not going to do it because I realize you can knock on a business and they're just, they're busy. Um, other things and, and I'm not going to drive two hours to just be like, Oh, can you come back tomorrow? You know, I'd rather have that appointment scheduled. So yeah, so I do most, most of the things virtually. And, and I even had deals that I could drive just 30 minutes to the appointment, which would give me a much higher successful close rate. I think in person is always going to be better. Um, but I just had to force myself and say, you know what, I'm willing to risk losing this deal because I need to learn this trait. I need to learn how do I close deals virtually? How do I do it remotely? Um, and only get better, you know? So that's, that's something you got to do. Yeah. Yeah. And we got to spend time doing it. That's yeah. That's a great. Yeah. Anyway, I was there. My mind got really distracted there for a second because there is a Tim Ferriss had the suggestion for people that are that suck at sales or negotiation. He said, every time you go to order coffee or something, just ask for an extra 10% off. And eventually you'll, you'll, that practice will get you for asking things that you're not used to asking for. I think that's the same thing. It's like, doing virtual sales is a little awkward at first, but if you practice it and you put yourself in uncomfortable situations, it's going to work out, you know, eventually. Yeah. It might be a little different than what you're used to, but the, the benefit of that is, is way better. So, um, start, starting to wrap up here, but quite, I keep, I should have asked this earlier, but I keep on wanting to, to bring it back. If you could relate anything to college football and sales, what could you relate? Probably the persistence, um, you know, and, and it, it was rewarding to be, you know, on the, just the practice squads, right? Um, you know, I never did really get a step out on the field other than, you know, dressing for the games, um, you know, and I could blame things, but, but, you know, it's still a rewarding experience. But one of the things I remember at Florida State was this sign that says, um, you get better or you get worse. You never stay the same. So we're always either getting better or we're getting worse. You know, the, the idea of like, I'm just going to maintain this. I don't know. Like maintaining just sounds so exhausting too. So, so just having that focus of knowing like, just persist. You're going to improve, you know, as long as, you know, the practice makes perfect or perfect practice makes perfect. Right. Yeah. Um, you got to work on it. Nice. Cool. Well, so Michael, appreciate you jumping on this podcast. Now, I think there, I want to give a real big shout out to Sun Nerds because I think what you're doing there is very, uh, there's the nonprofit stuff too, but I think that's a little more intangible for most people because it's like it's just a longer lead time. The business isn't is there as much and there's very few markets that can support solar for nonprofits. Um, but for the residential side, what you guys are doing with Sun Nerds, what I've seen is that one, there's amazing flexibility. Two, there's a lot of transparency, which is kind of hard to find, let's be frank. Um, and three, there's just huge wide network of people. So what, like, let's highlight your work with Sun Nerds a little bit. And if people want, like, as you share that message, I know there's people that are going to hear it and be like, that's something I want to find out more. So how do people get in contact with you? So hi- hi- highlight a little bit about who, who would be a good fit for you and then how do they get a hold of you? 
Yeah, so uh, my email is mcopeland at sunnerds.com. Uh, and so they can reach me via email that way or find me on Facebook. Um, you know, the, really what we're looking for are people that they already know how to do the sale. They, they don't need the support. They don't need to be, you know, with a Vivint team or, you know, they don't need the training that, that sometimes comes with that. Like if you want really good sales training, you know, maybe look at some of those other organizations or get the door to door university, something like that. Um, get some training under your belt that way. But if you really want to maximize your margins and you know what you're doing, um, definitely reach out to us and we'll, we'll get you, you know, really high margins that you can, you know, you, you choose what you're going to sell the rate at. Um, and we'll give you a number of installers you can work with and you can try before you buy, like you do not have to commit to us. There is no non-compete. Um, you know, so you're welcome to, to use any installers we have. And if you go another route, you don't want to work with us. That's totally fine. We want to earn your business. Cool. Love it. I love, I love that transparency. And I think what people do appreciate that with reps, at least the ones that I've seen, they, they know that you're there to help them. And that goes a huge way, you know, not just, you're not there to just make money from them. You're there to help them and leave the door open and that then they close the door themselves, <laughs> which is a good thing. So appreciate it, Michael. Thanks for jumping on guys. Sun nerds. If you want to check it out, or Michael Copeland, check him out on Facebook. You, you will not, you'll be hard pressed to find someone that's in solar for a better reason. So thanks Michael for jumping on and we'll chat with you later. Appreciate it. Thank you, Cody.